What's up, everybody? Welcome to Good Wolf Radio. It's Jerry Scarlato. Today, we have a Good Wolf Books episode, and we'll be talking about David Goggins' book, Never Finished. First, full disclosure, this is an explicit lyrics warning. If you know who David Goggins is, then you know what to expect from the book, especially if you've read the book. If you don't know who David Goggins is, first of all, I highly recommend that you go find him and follow him. Second of all, I highly recommend that if you're not immune to cuss words yet, you become gesundheit. You become immune to cuss words because I'm going to be reading from the book, first of all. And in order for you to get the full authenticity of the book, I'm going to read directly from the book. So be prepared for any bit of language that comes from the book. And that's not me saying, oh, this is bad language and you should not. That's not me saying that at all. I'm telling you that David Goggins is a fully authentic person and he will tell you that. And if you follow him, then you know that. So just be prepared for fully authentic David Goggins coming out as I am reading from the book. Now, Never Finished is David Goggins' second book. His first book was Can't Hurt Me. That was sort of an intro to the Goggins mindset and the Goggins story, if you will. And this book is more, a little more strategic than Can't Hurt Me was. Can't Hurt Me, you get some ideas on how you can kind of utilize your own brain differently and how you can change your mentality and how you can become mentally tougher and all of that which our world needs right now, and we all need all the time. We always need to be strengthening our mental resolve, but in Never Finished, it is more strategic, and he talks about more deliberate ways in which you can build your mental toughness, build your mental resolve, and enhance your courage, become more resilient, and do all of those things that a lot of us wish that we had, but we maybe have a hard time figuring out how to get there. And so a lot of the things in the book, he talks about how you can become more resilient in those ways, how you can have more courage to go after the things that scare you, how you can get over fear, which is very real for anybody and everybody. He talks about in the book himself, how every day he has fear. And David Goggins, if you don't know, is one of the as he would say, baddest motherfuckers that you have ever, like, on planet Earth, probably. So that's probably a direct quote from David Goggins. So nonetheless, let's jump into seven things that we can learn from Never Finished. This is a very, very short list. I started with, like, 15 things, combined a few got rid of a bunch, and here we are with seven ideas that we can utilize in our own lives to learn. Like I said, I strongly recommend you pick up the book. I'll say that multiple times throughout this episode. That way you can get the full effect of what is available in these stories. So, number one, the first thing is don't wait around, drop, te- drop dead time is approaching. Don't wait around, drop dead time is approaching. I like this idea so much because it also resonates with another idea that I read in a book, 4,000 Weeks, I believe. 
in which he talks about we have seasons in life. And in those seasons, sometimes things end in a certain season. We go to a different season and those things aren't available in the next season. And then we have new things in this season and then we move to the next season in life. And some of these things go away when we move to the next season, but new things open up in that season. And a lot of us put things off in our lives in order, not in order, but we put things off and we tell ourselves that we're going to start tomorrow. But as we all know, very rarely does tomorrow ever come. So the goal is to start doing things so that we don't get to a point where we regret not doing what we say we're going to do. So let me read the paragraph a couple sentences here that help us understand more about drop-dead time and drop-dead time approaching. From the book, like medics on the scene of a car accident, we all must act with a sense of urgency and tune into that ticking clock in the back of our minds because there is a drop-dead time for everything we do in life. All our dreams and visions come with expiration dates etched in invisible ink. Windows of opportunity can and do close, so it is imperative that we do not waste time on bullshit. None of us have any clue what's coming for us and when our time might run out, which is why I do my best to ignore anything that is counterproductive. So how do we waste time? How do we keep pushing things down the road? Well, we do it by going... By telling ourselves, I'll start tomorrow. By telling ourselves that I'll wait until the perfect timing comes. By telling ourselves that I'll wait until the resources show up that I need in order to make this thing happen. And most of the time, all of the things that you are looking for are available if you take the time to look for them. If you take the time to pick your life apart and find them. And once you get after it, then it is important to work with urgency. Health and fitness is a perfect example of this because many people keep putting their exercise off, keep putting their nutrition off, keep putting the decision to move forward off. Or they start slow, quote unquote, and work out a couple days a week and they tell themselves that they'll work into it. And while it's, imper it's important to work your body, yes, into certain exercises, you should work with urgency. You should do it with urgency. You should do it in such a way that you get results. You get the things that you want. And that's what working with urgency is about. And that's how we can reduce the likelihood that we let go of the drop dead time that is, that might, that, that is going to come. Now, this isn't about like dropping dead per se, However, as the saying goes, you don't know when you're going to die. You can only assume that it's going to be sometime later. And in all likelihood, if you're listening to this and you're in decent health, you're probably right that it's not going to be today and probably not tomorrow and maybe not the next day. But at the end of the day, you never know. So that comes back to if you're waiting for tomorrow to show up in order to get started on something, what are you waiting for? Because tomorrow may not come. If you have something important in your life that you want to do, start doing it. If it's important, 
it's worth doing and it's worth figuring out how to get it in your life. So that's number one. Don't wait around. Drop dead time is approaching. Number two, enjoy the positive, mine the negative. Enjoy the positive, mine the negative. So what he talks about, what Goggins talks about in this section of the book, he's talking specifically about how we enjoy whenever we are told positive things about who we are, what we've accomplished, how we've done in life. And those things feel nice, of course. But they can also lead to complacency. They can also lead to you letting off the gas. They can lead to you believing that you are more than what you actually are. So when you hear nice things about yourself, it's fine to enjoy them. Don't let them get into your head. Don't let them build yourself to the point of you believing you're more than what you are. On the other end of that, though, people, generally speaking, want to ignore the negative or pretend like the negative isn't there. Whenever they have people who don't like them or people who are jealous or people who say mean things about them or give negative feedback, we don't want to listen. We don't, we, we want to block that off and pretend like it's not even there. But as he suggests, it's worth mining those negative things and then using them, taking that energy and moving it and transitioning to it to a different direction to help you. So let's see what he has to say in the book. That is a winner's mentality. Winners in life see everything they experience and everything they hear, see, and feel as pure energy. They train their minds to find it. They drop into the gnarly crevices to mine gold, mine golden nuggets of trauma, doubt, and hate. They do not live disposable single-use lives. They discard nothing and refurbish everything. They find strength in the bullying and heartbreak in their defeats and failures. So the goal is to find those things that people say, the sticks and stones, and words that people throw, the obstacles that are hard to overcome, the failures that you've had in life, take those things, repurpose them, package them up, and figure out how you can use them to push you forward. Now, in what he does, <laughs> which I don't know how many people could tolerate that, and especially in the beginning, is... David Goggins, of course, he's followed by millions and millions and millions of people. And of those millions, millions and millions of people, there's, of course, plenty of people that will spout hateful things. Some of them, you know, eh, pretty soft hate, but some of them very direct hate. He's a black guy and he does get racist comments. So what he does is he records himself. He, he goes onto social media, looks at the comments records himself saying the negative comments, and then whenever he needs energy, he listens to that recording. And that's what he uses as energy. He takes those words of people saying things about him, saying things about him, hateful things, jealous things, unkind things, and transitions that energy toward the thing that he's trying to build, toward the thing that he's trying to do. Now, again, I understand that that's extravagant for a lot of people, 
But the question is, how can you use some negative things in your life, feedback in your life, to then build the thing that you want to build, to better yourself, to put energy into something so that you become the better version of yourself. That's number two, enjoy the positive, mine the negative. Number three, be prepared for the false summit. Be prepared for the false summit. Before I get started on this, I'm going to go ahead and take a drink out of my wonderful cup. Still a wonderful cup. Looks great. That beautiful green tea. This is not green tea. The green tea that's on here, not what in here. Just wanted to clarify that. Be prepared for the false summit. So what is a false summit? The analogy that Goggins uses in the book, which is actually the story that he's telling, it's the actual story. It's within the actual story. He talks about being a trail runner. David Goggins is a person who has run a number of ultra marathons. For those of you who don't know, an ultra marathon is 100 miles or more. Well, it might be 75 miles or more. I'm not really sure what the distance minimum is for an ultra marathon, but 100, 100 miles or more, essentially. And in this part of the book, he's talking about a race called the Moab 240. 240 is the number of miles that you run in the race. If you know what 240 miles is, you know that that's ridiculous, number one. Number two, he's talking about when you run on a trail and you get to the peak of a trail and you think that that is, that means that you're going to start coming down the mountain or down the other side of the hill, but you get to a point and it feels like it's going to be the peak, but it's not really a peak. It's a false summit. It's a, it's fake. You thought that it was going to be the peak, but it's actually just a false summit. It means you still have to keep going up because it's not time to go down yet. So the analogy in that, or the real life example of that is hard things. We want hard things to go away. We want hard things to be over, but hard things never end. Hard things only come to a pause. Let's see what he has to say more about false summits before I talk more about how we can start to fix them. We have to learn to stop looking for a sign that the hard time will end. When the distance is unknown, it is even more critical that you stay locked in so that the unknown factor doesn't steal your focus. The end will come when it comes, and anticipation will only distract you from completing the task in front of you to the best of your ability. Remember, the struggle is the whole journey. The struggle is the whole journey. That's why you're out there. It's why you signed up for this race or that class or took that damn job. There is great beauty when you are involved in something that is so hard, most people want it to end. So, the false summit happens in multiple instances in life. In a workout, a great example of a false summit is when you're finished with your, say, third round of a hit class, and the instructor goes, oh, we have a fourth round to do. And after the third round, you're already so tired that you barely made it through the third round. That's a false summit. Another false summit is you just got finished with a work project and you think that all of a sudden life will be easy 
for a while and work stuff will slow down and everything will go smooth. And then the next day, the company announces that they've sold and that they're going to evaluate everyone's position. Now, all of a sudden, you have to define your worth to the new company. That's another false summit. You think that the hard things are over, but ha ha ha, it's not over. You have to keep going. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't enjoy a time when things are calmer than usual. But we like to convince ourselves that hard times are going to stop. Hard times don't stop. They will continue to show up. They only pause. You have to remind yourself hard times will not stop. They will continue to show up. That's why so many people struggle to continue exercising because something shows up and then they stop exercising. And that something can be as simple as soccer games. Oh no, the kids have soccer games. To be fair, I don't have kids, but you can plan. If you know kids have soccer games coming up, you can plan. You can plan. You can at least plan that. If something unexpected comes up, that's not planned, but you can still work through it. You can still figure that out. I did an episode on this a while back about planning and figuring things out on the go, but nonetheless, like that's a that that's a false summit. When you think that things suddenly are going to be easy or you're assuming that suddenly things are going to slow down so that you can get on track with your life, it's not going to happen. Things will always be crazy. Things will always be hard. You'll always have obstacles to overcome. And if you understand that, then you can build your life accordingly. You can build your life accordingly. So that's number three. Be prepared for the false summit, which leads us to number four. One of my favorites, remove yourself from entitlement nation. Remove yourself from entitlement nation. So our nation, our society, has gotten to the point of believing that we deserve more than we deserve. We believe that we are entitled to more than we're entitled to. We have been told, we have been told and lied to that we are entitled to more than we're entitled to. We're entitled to have things that we haven't earned. We're entitled to be given things that we don't we haven't done anything to get. We're entitled to do things that require hard work without having to do the hard work. None of that is the case. It's not the case. Again, I just did an episode on this about deserving versus earning. Did two episodes on it actually previously. You can go check those out. But nonetheless, Entitlement Nation, which is where we are today, has gotten us to a place of being soft and not being able to overcome any amount of resistance in our lives, which has not been helpful. So what Goggins has to say is, our generation is training kids to become full-fledged members of Entitlement Nation, which ultimately makes them easy prey for the lions among us. Our ever-softening society doesn't just affect children. Adults fall into the same trap. Even those of us who have achieved great things, every single one of us is just another frog in the soon-to-be-boiling water that is, that is our soft-ass culture. We take unforeseen obstacles personally. We are ready to be outraged at all times by the evil bullshit of the world. Believe me, I know all about evil, and I have dealt with more bullshit than most. But if you catalog your scars to use them as excuses or bargaining, or bargaining chip, 
to make life easier for yourself, you've missed an opportunity to become better and grow stronger. Entitlement. The entitlement that you can, number one, you're able to dog somebody else because of what they've earned. Because of what they've earned, you think that you're entitled to dog, to, to rag on somebody else because of what they've earned. And then number two, believing that you should have the thing as well, even though you haven't earned it. That's where a lot of society is. That's where, that's what we're being told as a society is that's how we should feel. And yet, if you look around, that's not the case. That is not the case. You earn your way to having things. You earn your way to success. You earn your way to a better body. You earn your way to better health. That's the way that it is. And so, in order to start doing that, become a disciple of discipline, as Goggins puts it. Become a disciple of discipline. Discipline yourself to do the things that you say you're going to do. Don't start with everything. Don't start with everything. Start with some things. Start with a few things. Start with three things that you can do every single day and then discipline yourself to do them every single day. Every single day. This half-assed stuff about just kind of doing things or just doing it for a little bit or just doing it some, some of the time is not going to cut it. It's not going to cut it. Now, that doesn't mean that it's all or nothing. It doesn't mean that if you tell yourself you're going to eat good every day and you happen to have a meal where you didn't eat good, that now you fall off the wagon and the, and the diet is over. That's not what that means. That means if you choose to have a meal that's not on your plan, the very next decision is to have a meal that is on your plan. That's the very next choice. That's what that means. Every single day, you're making a choice. Moment to moment, you're making decisions. It's not just about big decisions. It is about moment to moment decisions. Those are the ones that matter almost more than the big ones because they're the ones that create your identity. They're the ones that create what you believe you are. They're the ones that create your courage and willpower and all of the things that you're looking for. So in those moment to moment decisions, if you screw up, it's okay. Next decision, make a better choice. Make a better choice and then move on. Become a disciple of discipline. Build that into your life so that you can get the things that you want and you're not a part of this entitlement nation that thinks that they deserve more because they're just around. So that's number four. Remove yourself from entitlement nation. Number five, learn how to absorb life's haymakers. I love this analogy because it is so true and I personally have been thrown about, I don't know, five haymakers the last couple of months, um, which I don't know. I think I've done a decent job of absorbing. I may have a black eye or two, but you know, I, I cover it up with makeup and, and lip gloss. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Learn how to absorb life's haymakers. Let's see what Goggins has to say about Absorbing haymakers. From the book, a lot of people fall down when they get smacked. And when they hit the ground, they lose all momentum. Not just physically, but mentally because they are humiliated. And when they are humiliated, it is impossible to make any sort of progress. We must learn to absorb life's haymakers without getting knocked down. 
because picking yourself up off the canvas is the hardest, longest step of, of all as you fight to regain your momentum. We look at failures as personal. We look at them through a very personal lens. Now, of course, it is, in a way, it's personal. If something you're involved with has failed, it feels personal. But we also look at it through a lens like we're the only one who goes through that situation, that experience, a failure, or even a similar failure. My situation, selling a business, getting a divorce. It's easy to feel like I'm the only person who's ever done that. Now, I know that's not realistic. I know that's not reasonable. But in the dark crevices of my mind, my mind can go, you're a failure. It's easy to feel that way. It's easy to feel that way. But we know, if we sit and think about it for a second, that it's not the case. We know it's not the case. Now, that doesn't mean you ignore it. It doesn't mean you go, you just pretend like it doesn't happen or pretend like it's not there. But that also doesn't mean that you let it eat you alive. That also doesn't mean that you let it knock you on the ground and then keep you on the ground for longer than it needs to. Because the longer you stay on the ground, the more momentum you lose. The more momentum you lose, the harder it is to get the momentum again. So when something happens, when a haymaker is thrown at you, reset, take a second to step back, reset, and redirect your mission in some way, shape, or form, whatever that means. For me, in selling a business, I have to step back and, and go, Okay, does it really mean that I'm a failure because I'm selling my business and moving on? Well, doesn't mean that doesn't no, doesn't mean that I'm a failure. So I step back, take a look, and go, okay, I have a purpose that I was trying to pursue, and I haven't been able to fulfill ultimately, ultimately fulfill that purpose through the gym. I we've been able to do it definitely on a day-to-day -day basis. It was a bigger purpose. And so I have to step back and I have to look at the purpose and I have to go, okay, how do I redirect the purpose? How do I change the direction of my mission so that I can still pursue the purpose, but now I have to pursue it in a different way. And this happens in so many different ways in life. It happens in so many different ways for different people when it comes to a job and a career. Getting fired from a job or getting relocated for a position or getting passed on a promotion. You have to step back and go, okay, I just got punched in the face. What just happened? I have to look and I have to go, okay, what can I do with this? What's the next step that I can take? What can I learn? How can I figure out how to do better next time? And then how can I redirect the mission to keep myself moving toward the purpose that I'm after. So be ready for haymakers. They're going to keep coming. Like I said, hard times aren't going to stop. They only take a pause. They'll show back up. Be ready. Haymakers will show up. 
And when, it, when they do, be prepared to take a step back and reset yourself. Which leads us to, let's see, that was number five. Learn how to absorb life's haymakers. Leads us to number six. Overcome the flux of conditions and circumstances. The flux of conditions and circumstances. So this is a very similar idea, but I think it was worth expanding on because so many of us let our conditions and circumstances dictate our lives and dictate what we do. We, going back to the example of the soccer schedule, a soccer schedule comes up and we let that dictate whether or not we're going to exercise, whether or not we're going to eat well, whether or not we're going to stick to the routine that we said we're going to do. Some unforeseen circumstance comes up and we let that dictate whether or not we're going to continue on the path we've, we've told ourselves we were going to continue on. If we can understand that hard times will not stop, they will only take a pause, then we can make decisions accordingly. When an unforeseen circumstance shows up, not if, but when it shows up, we can step back and go, okay, what do I need to do in order to overcome this unforeseen circumstance? But let's see what Goggins has to say so that we can expand on this idea a little more. Almost nothing in life is constant. Conditions and circumstances are perpetually in flux like the winds and the tide, which is why my mind is never fixed. I tack and adjust, forever searching for my new 100%. Age, health, and the responsibilities we carry can be limiting. That doesn't mean we should give in to those limitations or use them as excuses to let ourselves or our dreams go, but we can acknowledge them. As long as we are committed to finding out what we can still do given those limits, whether they be temporary or indefinite, and maximizing that. So the conditions and circumstances that can change or do change within our life can be many. He mentions age, he mentions health, he mentions, he mentions other things. And within each one of those conditions and circumstances, society tells us that we should adjust ourselves accordingly. Age, for instance, very good example. The very next, I'm pretty sure it was either the paragraph after that or the paragraph before that, he talks about how we celebrate when an old person, a quote-unquote old person, 50 or 60 years old, does something physically challenging because it seems so unusual for a 50 or 60-year-old to do something physically challenging. Well, it's not unusual no, I, I, let me take that back. It is unusual, but it's not unnormal. What is unnormal is that 50 or 60 year olds can't do things that are physically challenging. That's unnormal. It is normal for 50 or 60 year olds to be able to do that, but it's not usual for that in our society because our society is, has fallen into an entitlement mindset. And so we sit around and enjoy the comforts of life instead of push ourselves to actually be more than what society tells us we should be, which we can, and you, you will if you push yourself to be so. So allowing age to define you is basically telling yourself that you're going to give up and give in to what people tell you age, your age should be able to do. Instead of realizing and recognizing if you just keep going and you just keep pushing and you just keep doing whatever you want to do, not whatever you want to do, like, a, oh, this is one life and I'm going to do what I want to do. But like exercise hard, 
eat well. Do all of those things, you'll realize that your age is much less limiting than what you expect it to be. Your health is much less limiting than what you expect it to be or what society tells you that it is. And in those moments, you have to, as Goggins says, learn or define your new 100%. Every moment, every day, every time something happens, you have to define your new 100%. If you get injured, you have to define what is my new 100%? Because we always compare ourselves to our previous, our, we compare ourselves to our 100% ever. Like, it's like me thinking about myself at 25 when I squatted 550 pounds, bench rest 365 pounds, deadlifted 450 pounds, whatever, like ran a 4440, did all of this stuff and going, well, I'll never be that good and being upset about it. Like, yeah, it pisses me off, but it is what it is. And it's not that I'll never do it. I just haven't tried to do it lately, just so we're sure about that. But nonetheless, it's like me looking at that and being sad about it. Like, what, like today, what's your 100% today? Today, what is it? What's it going to be? If you get injured, at that point, what's your 100%? What is the ability that you can put in to improving yourself? Because you can do something. You can you have something that you're capable of doing. If you injure a leg, you have another leg and a whole nother body. If you injure an arm, you have another arm and the rest of your body. You can do something. You don't have to lay around and do nothing. You always have something you can do, but it's up to you, you, not your doctor, not the healthcare system. It's up to you to define what that 100% is and then to take action on it and then to do something about it. And that goes with age. It goes with health. That goes with your career. That goes with life in general. You define what your new 100% is and then do it and then fulfill it. And then the next day, it should be better. It should be higher than your previous 100% if you're progressing correctly. And then eventually a hard time will come. You'll get punched with a haymaker and you'll have to reset and figure out your new 100%. And guess what? That's life and that's okay. That's number six. Overcome the flux of conditions and circumstances because they will come and they will go. Which leads us to number seven. It would not be a conversation about David Goggins without number seven. If you're going to show up, you might as well show the fuck out. What does that mean? If you're going to do something, you might as well do something. If you're going to, if you're going to step into something, you might as well do it well. If you're going to try something, you might as well quit telling yourself, well, I'm just going to try it, and you might as well do it. You might as well do it. So I have a couple quotes that I'd like to read through this one. Let's look at the first one, and then we'll go from there. When you're on the older side of the age spectrum, you often get more credit than you deserve. That's where that was. That's where that is. Here's the... Here's the paragraph I was talking about. I'm like, where was that? Here it is. When you're, on, when you're on the older side of the age spectrum, you often get more credit than you deserve for simply showing up to do something physically challenging. Nobody expects much from you, and the temptation is there, the t- the temptation is there to perform to those very low expectations. Showing up is an important first step, but if you plan to show up, you might as well show the fuck out. 
I don't really know that I need to say anything else after that. <clears throat> but the truth of the matter is, we tell ourselves in so many ways, in so many instances, day in, like, it's in those moment-to-moment self-talk situations where you're telling yourself that you're not capable of doing it. And you're telling yourself that you want to try this thing, but you just don't think you're worthy, or you just don't think you have the abilities, or you just don't think that you're young enough anymore, or you just don't think that you have the health, or you just don't think that anybody will support you, or you just don't think whatever the thing is. It's in those moments that you are building your identity. You're building the person that you are today and that you're going to be tomorrow. And that's the person who's either going to do the thing or not. So you have to decide if it's worth supporting that person or worth tearing that person down. You have to decide that. And you make that decision moment to moment. It's not just in the big choices. It's in those moment to moment choices. If you're going to do it, then you might as well do it. And the way that you do it is by evolving into the best version of yourself. And I quote, I never needed to be the hardest motherfucker in the world. That became a goal because I knew it would bring out my best self, which is what this fucked up world needs for all of us, from all of us, to evolve in the very best versions of ourselves. That's a moving tar- target, and it isn't a one-time task. It is a lifelong quest for more knowledge, more, cur- more courage, more humility, and more belief. Because when you summon the strength and discipline to live like that, The only thing limiting your horizons is you. That's the very last paragraph of the book. That's the very last paragraph of the book. And so, at the end of the day, it's up for each of us to decide what we want to do. What David Goggins will tell you, and what you can find in Never Finished, and you can find in all of his material, is that Literally, the only thing limiting you is your brain. That very last sentence, the only thing limiting your horizon is you. It is what you think. It is what you believe. It is how you deal with fear. It's how you deal with obstacles. It's how you deal with other people's bullshit. It's how you deal with the world. It's how you deal with society's beliefs. It's how you deal with pushback. That is the limiting factor. Yes, there are circumstances. Yes, there are conditions. If you know David Goggin's story, you know the circumstances that he came from, and it wasn't very privileged. Privilege wouldn't even be the word that I would define it as. Circumstances and conditions can dictate your life, or they can sculpt them. That part's up to you. It's up for you to decide how to use it. Let's take a quick look, just run through this list real quick. We'll wrap it up and call it a day. Number one, don't wait around. Drop dead time is approaching. Drop dead time is approaching. Make sure you work with a sense of urgency. Get started and work with a sense of urgency to get moving forward. Number two, Enjoy the positive, mine the negative. Take those negative things from haters, that jealousy, all that pushback that you get, 
repurpose it in some way, shape, or form, and direct it in a positive way toward the thing that you're trying to do and the person you're trying to become. Number three, be prepared for the false summit. Recognize that hard times don't end, they only pause. When you're looking up and waiting for hard times to stop, your energy will slow, your actions will slow, and you may eventually fall and fail. Don't do that. Realize hard times don't stop, they only come to a pause. Number four, remove yourself from entitlement nation and become a discipline, I'm sorry, a disciple of discipline. Realize that you earn your way to health, you earn your way to success, you earn your way to whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. You're not entitled to it and you don't deserve it. You earn your way there. And you do that by becoming disciplined. Learn how to absorb life's haymakers. That's number five. And whenever a haymaker is thrown at you, take a second to say, take a step back, reset yourself, and then redirect your mission in a different way. Number six, overcome the flux of conditions and circumstances. Conditions and circumstances happen. Once they happen, define your new 100%. What is your new 100%? And then go from there. Number seven, if you're going to show up, you might as well show the fuck out. How do you do that? Evolve into the best version of yourself. That is from Never Finished by David Goggins. Make sure you go pick this up. I'll put a link in the description. Take it, let it simmer, and until next time, here's to your success in health and fitness mastery.